Hi everyone, welcome to that Niku Mum A podcast where we share the stories of New Zealand parents who have had a baby in a neonatal unit across the country. Today we're speaking with Sam, whose first baby, um, Navy, was born at 39 weeks. Um, and you know, everything was fine during pregnancy. There were no issues or anything. 30 minutes after birth, it was discovered that she had, I don't know if I'm gonna be able to say this a congenital pulmonary airway malformation. So she was life-flighted um, hours after birth from Hawke's Bay, where she was born to Wellington. At three days old, she had a thoracotomy to remove her right lung, and then she spent 25 days in the unit. So obviously super unexpected. I would say extremely scary um, going through that unexpectedly. Uh, it was all during the first COVID lockdown so everything was obviously very up in the air um but yeah Sam has since had two other babies who have had no NICU stay or anything so yeah I'll let her tell us about that experience um and how it's been or how Navy has been since and then also how her other two babies pregnancies and births were in comparison so I will let her start us off yeah sure thing Cool. So I am Sam. I am a mum of three and a fiancé to my partner, Matthew. Um, we live in the beautiful Gisborne on the East Coast. Um, my kitties and I have been here for about a year. Um, and before then, we lived in the Waikato. So mm. it's um, great to be back here in my hometown where I grew up and lived with my family. So that's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, so out of our three kids, we've got our newest little member, Bodhi. He's nine weeks old. Um, we've got Easton, who's two in December. And then my little Niku baby, which is Navy. She is three and a half. Wow. You're a busy household. Very busy. <laughs> <laughs> I can 100% relate to that. Yes. <laughs> no keeps me um keeps me ticking and and whatnot and you know I sat down yesterday and I read over all of our Niku notes and you know went through a couple of key dates and whatnot because it's been a very long time since I've reviewed or like been back through that yeah. journey um so a little bit of a not a fun fact really just a fact um navy and easton are from a previous relationship so their biological father is not matthew but he is very much their father figure and their only father figure um so when i sort of um i guess refer back to navy's journey i will talk a lot about just me being present because even though I did have a partner which was her father at the time it was just me journeying through that process with her um so yeah I guess I'll just get straight into it um yeah I completely normal pregnancy um everything was all good um we live in rural Hawke's Bay so we were just over an hour from our closest hospital um, everything was sort of tickety-boo, ticking along, and we had a bit of a baby shower at about 30, I think I was 30, 31 weeks pregnant, and um, it involved alcohol, um, and 
I ended up being shoved at the end of the the night where I found myself in hospital the next day because I was sort of having a few little niggles and pains. We went in and got checked and baby was absolutely fine and I was fine. So that was all really good news. Um, Come the time that I went into labor on my own at 39 weeks, five days, um, we had a pretty, a pretty fast labor. Um, Mm -hmm. I had a mucus plug at about 8.30. I went to bed. I wasn't having any pains at all. Um, by 11.30, I was woken up with excruciating contractions. I was thinking, what have I done? <laughs> As you always think, hey, when you're halfway through that and you're like, this was a terrible idea. And then you go and have more and you're like, That's every right. time, you're like, what am I, why? Why did I do this? <laughs> um, and, and basically from that first contraction, Within half an hour, um, I was contracting so hard and so fast that I wasn't able to breathe through my contractions. Um, Vomiting, I, yeah, it was just, it was crazy. So I rang my midwife and I loved my midwife to death, but she told me to go back to sleep. And I don't think I've ever been so sour at someone before. (laughs) She told me that um, it was just next level. It was impossible to get any kind of rest. So we obviously got ready to make our hours journey into the hospital. And I think mm. we arrived there, um, just before 4am and by 5am, my midwife was like, right, you need an epidural because otherwise there's not going to be any way you're going to get through until we have this baby. Um, up until then, when I got the epidural, um, Navy was, she was fine. She was happy as making her way down. Um, it wasn't until she sort of was, right there coming into the transition phase um we were sort of losing navy her heart rate was desaturating and and she just wasn't responding very well um they were getting ready to um possibly take me through to theater but they decided um she was actually right there let's give it a go at getting her out so she was delivered by a delivery on the second pool mm-hmm. um, and right up until that moment, she was healthy. She she was all okay. We didn't know anything otherwise. All our scans and all our monitoring through pregnancy and right up to delivery were all kosher. Everything was cool. Um, we were very lucky. Um, at that point, my midwife, um, she actually had to sign off before delivery. She'd been with us for over, oh, I think it was about coming up 10 hours, and she... Mm-hmm had to go so she handed me over and um so when navy was born we were very very lucky um we had this filipino hospital midwife she was amazing and still to this day i thank her for i guess doing her job she was trying to help me breastfeed navy and she noticed that navy wasn't breathing properly um so this is when she sort of just took her away down the back of the room and done her little checks and and then she all of a sudden needed to call the pediatricians in. And um, you'll you'll know the sort of afterbirth days, I guess you're kind of in, you're sort of like, what did I just go through? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, proud of myself. My baby's here. I can kind of breathe. Mm-hmm. Um, I was sort of being prepped to um, 
I'd passed my placenta. I was being prepped to go and have a shower. And, you know, I just thought, oh, yeah, they're just going to check on her. And, you know, she'll be back by the time I get out of the shower. Um, when I went to have a shower, the pediatrician said we actually need to take her to Skibu. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, I was like, oh, okay, you know, they must just be taking all cautions under the sun. That's okay. Um, but it turns out that initially um, they thought she had a diaphragmatic hernia. Right. Yeah. So that was, it was really, I guess it was hard because when I had Navy, it was Anzac Day 2020, so April 25th, 2020. We were, New Zealand was in our very first level four COVID lockdown. Yeah. Um, go to Skibu with her. Um, her father couldn't go to Skibu with her. And once I got out of the shower because of restrictions her father was asked to go home so yeah you know I was there not even an hour after birth by myself without my partner at the time and without my daughter yeah that was emotional and it's sort of although each child I've had afterwards have sort of filled the void because I've had them there with me thankfully yeah yeah um you still don't really feel that emptiness, I guess. It's still always going to be there. Um, but I guess that's when I just turn around and I remind myself that, you know, I have Navy and that's that's huge. Mm-hmm. Um, so basically flowing on from there, um, she was in Skibu for a very long time. I was moved from the labour and delivery suite through to a maternity room again. It was just so bizarre. I didn't have anyone come in and check on me as regularly due to restrictions. I was by myself. By this time, it was like nine o'clock at night, I think. And I had some Skibu nurses and pediatricians come in to speak to me. And it had been hours without any update. Um, And they told me that Navy was getting prepped to be life flighted from Hawke's Bay Hospital to Wellington Hospital. Um, Had you been able to go and see her? Oh, my God. No. So I had her at 3 p.m. on the 25th, and this is now 9 p.m. I'm getting told she's the flight crew is on their way out from Wellington to get her, and she is being prepped, still with the diagnosis of a diaphragmatic hernia. Mm. Uh, And then I guess the... Have they explained to you what that was and what that meant? Uh, they, yeah, they had explained that they thought there was a hole in her diaphragmatic wall where, um, on the chest x-ray they'd done, um, it looked like her intestines were up in her chest cavity. Yeah. So that was, I don't even know. I can't even explain what I felt like when they described that, you know, you've just given birth to this little six pound 11 baby, Mm. um, was presumed healthy all through pregnancy. And all of a sudden, and um, so they had told me that, again, due to COVID, I couldn't fly with her. And so they did say that they could take me through to see her, but someone would come and get me once she was fully prepped um, and ready to go. And it would only be a few minutes that I'd be able to see her for Um and that didn't happen until 11 p.m. that night. Oh, my God. Yeah. And I remember the walk, the walk from maternity to Skibu. It's in 
Hastings Hospital. It's not very far, but it was the longest walk I've ever had. Yeah. Um, and I get in there and she didn't even look like the baby I'd given birth to. Mm. Um, and, excuse me. It's okay. Uh, just actually, she's three and a half now and I've got a trusty old folder here. Um, I was actually reading it yesterday and my, my response to trauma is blacking things out. And so I might've done at the time, but when I was reading back over her things yesterday, um, right before I went and saw Navy at 11 o'clock that night, all on her flight incubator, um, I'd always said to myself, I wonder, like, why did, why does she look unrecognizable? Why didn't she look like the baby that I remember seeing for that half an hour after she was born? Um, but it actually, according to a note that I read yesterday, it turns out that not long before I got to see her at 11 o'clock that night, um, she wasn't responding on the ventilator and they actually had to, yeah, they actually had to do some work on her, um, and that's why she didn't look like the baby I gave birth to. Yeah. Um, but the the flight crew were amazing. Um, I remember this one nurse, Olivia, she was just, I mean, if you were talking about any other subject or situation, you'd think that she was an over-talker, but she just explained everything right down to the last letter of every word. Um, she was just fantastic and after that initial shock you know she had explained they had to put this line in and that line in and they have to do this and that to prep her and they have to make sure she's stable for a certain period of time before she's able to fly and and she's got all of this on board and and you know as as much of an influx of information that was it calmed you then and there in that moment mm -hmm. Um, but they hadn't, they hadn't kind of prepared you at all, like between that nine o'clock when they told you and the 11 o'clock when you got to go, there was no, no. preparation of what you no. were about to other, walk into. Other than that explanation of the diagnosis at that time, nothing else. Yeah. Um, I don't put that down to a fault of um, hospital staff or pediatrician staff. Um, you know, they were doing the best that they could in our very first COVID lockdown, you know, they yeah. were probably well you know we can't do this this is um not normal for us mm. um yeah so that was that was a huge shock um and it feels like it was just yesterday mm. um, but you know I spent a few minutes with her and I was just thankful that you know she had this amazing team that were going to be right there beside her for this very short flight and you know I knew that um she was going to be in good hands once we got to Wellington so um she was taken off I think she arrived in Wellington shortly after midnight and um they done all they needed to throughout the night they done further scans and and monitored her etc um I was returned back to my maternity ward and was told that if I, you know, was all right overnight that I'd be discharged in the morning. And less than 24 hours after giving birth, I was in the car at eight o'clock making a three hour drive to Wellington with an exemption letter in my hand that gave me permission to drive this distance mm. in case authorities told me I couldn't. Mm.
Yeah, it was... I remember that as well, actually. And we live, so we live in Cambridge, and the twins were in Waikato Hospital, and I had a letter as well. And I was like, yep. this is fucking bizarre. Like, I'm just driving 20 minutes. Exactly. But you drive, and there's no one on the road. It yeah. feels like it's just bizarre. It was like apocalyptic almost. Yeah. Well, I was just going to say, it's like you were just waiting for the zombies to run out of this building or across yeah. the whatever. And yeah. you felt you were being rebellious or naughty, you know, <laughs> out I think. But you had to. Yeah, yeah. Was your partner at the time allowed to go with you or was it just you? Yeah, he was. Yeah, he was allowed to um, travel with me as well. And um, despite the one parent at a time regulations when we got to the Wellington Niku, um, thankfully he was allowed in as well. And as soon as we arrived there, we actually met with her surgeon. Um, and that's when we found out that Navy was born with a type 1 congenital pulmonary airway malformation. Mm-hmm. What does that mean? So basically, if you are looking at a set of lungs, um, her right lung in particular, which you have three lobes, um, those lobes formed in a way that it looked like someone had gone in with an ice cream scoop and scooped out holes. It was all webbed, webbed together in an open form instead of being closed together in the lobes. Um, so what they had noticed was that the first lobe, the top lobe is your smallest lobe of your right lung. And that one seemed to be okay. It was the middle lobe and the lower lobe, um, which are the bigger cavities of your lung. Um, they were the ones that were really badly affected by the malformation. Mm -hmm. So they needed to go in and do is they needed to go in and remove the middle and the lower lobe of her right lung. God. Yes. So that brought us to day three of life in Navy and she was being prepped for thoracotomy surgery to have her, basically her right lung removed. Um, and that was about a six and a half hour surgery. For a three-day-old baby. Yeah, that's horrific. Oh, my yeah. gosh. Like, obviously, she's not going to remember it, but for you to go through that. Yeah. It, it was all kind of um, a little bit a little bit blurry. Um, you sort of don't know what happened between days other than pumping and, yeah. and, and delivering your milk. And But I just remember, and I'm just so thankful for me three years ago that every minute that I had I spent in there with her um you know aside from the 10 to 20 minutes that her father spent with her every second or third day I was in there every other every other minute of the day um and yeah um she went through theatre surgery sorry um really well the surgery went really well um they did have to put in a chest drain from her incision on her right because um she had a right pneumothorax so there was air filling up her chest cavity outside of her lung Mm -hmm. Uh, so they had to make sure that that was being drained and diffused accordingly 
Um, but other than that, she was ventilated for six days. Um, on her seventh day, we were lucky enough to trial high flow, um, which went really, really well. And she spent the remainder of her time in Wellington Niku on high flow. Um, we didn't have, we were very lucky we didn't have any other setbacks. Um, we were just really trying our best and Navy was trying her best to establish breastfeeding yeah. at about three, I think she might have been two and a half, maybe three weeks old before she got on the boob. Um, and she knew what to do straight away. I was, I remember sitting in that Niku lazy boy and I was nervous as hell. It was her very first breastfeed after her surgery and after everything she'd been through. And I had a beautiful lactation consultant right beside me telling me how to hold her, making sure I was comfortable. And as soon as the nipple was in front of her, she was just on there. It was like, it was like she was just in heaven. It was yeah. so beautiful. It was really cool. And um, yeah, she was, she was pretty good with her feeding from then on. Good. The yeah. her diagnosis, did you find like could they have diagnosed that in utero or is it only something that they could find out after birth? Uh no, so they most definitely could have. Um mm. both my midwife, the sonographer and the surgeon in Wellington Niku went back and reviewed her anatomy scan. They also went back and reviewed the scan that I had at 30 weeks when I was pushed to mm. see any signs there um nothing in the anatomy scan and nothing in that week that scan at 30 weeks typically it is picked up in the anatomy scan um however for navy it's either formed from that incident at 30 weeks or it's formed in the very last weeks of that yeah. third trimester. Yeah. um yeah they didn't really have an explanation they just said unfortunately it's just a bout of bad luck and this is what has formed it's decided not to form on its own um they did perform a histology and it came the results came back that it is not genetic so it was really just a case of um you know yeah just didn't form accordingly Mm. 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 that that would have been reassuring for you though to kind of know that yeah it was probably just going to happen yep you know. absolutely absolutely and it was and I mean at that time you know I wasn't thinking of um further children and whatnot yeah. but it was really good to know that it wasn't genetic um and it didn't have any any link there from anything else so it was something that just happened and um it's just what we had been dealt at the time yeah yeah, yeah. um how long was she in the unit for and how long was she on oxygen for because obviously that was so she was then transferred on day 12 she was transported back from Wellington Niku to Hastings Skibu and she was on high flow there um and she remained on high flow for about another I think it was another nine days and then we roomed in for two or three days and at 25 days she was discharged and sent home she didn't come home on oxygen or anything didn't come home on amazing yeah yeah it was it was amazing but I also felt like 
we haven't even been here a month. She's just had her lung removed. What is going on? They're sending me home with this brand new baby. That's not. <laughs> you kind of feel like this isn't right, eh? Like... I was like, are you guys sending me out? <laughs> um, yeah, but, you know, they, they the, the medical team are just the absolute best in Wellington and in, in Hastings. And I just thought to myself, you know, I've just got to breathe. Like I would have been home with her by now had we not have gone through this. But they are the experts and they obviously deem her strong enough because I was doubting myself. I was sort of thinking, no, we can't be going home this mm-hmm. early. Look at all that we've just been through. It's too soon. Yeah. Um, but she done so incredible and we got home and you know she didn't know any different and so if she had a bit of a cough or you know if she had a really big feed you know she would have to take the time to catch her breath again to Mm, get back mm. and but that was just normal to her yeah yeah. And still now at three and a half, everyone says, well, how does she get on running around or, you know, playing with her brother? And she doesn't know any different. Like yeah. To her, how Easton breathes, that's how her little brother Bodie breathes. And and I guess that's the beauty in it all. Whereas if something like this had happened to you or I or even, um, you know, our toddlers at the age they are now, they'd know different. Mm. Yeah. But she does normal to her. Yeah, they adapt, eh? They adapt so quickly. And like you say, she she runs really fast and she's got to take a little bit longer to catch her breath. It's just what she's got to do and she knows that. Absolutely. And it was quite incredible too because I was expecting to be in and out of hospital, in and out. But that didn't really come for us with Navy until she was about five months old. Um, So we were in hospital every month from five months till about 11 months old because she was catching every flu and every chill would that just have been when we just like came back into level two level one yeah yeah so she they never tested her positive for COVID during um those months but she had bronchiolitis almost every month we were in in hospital and that was the hardest part for me as she was growing and being at home with her is I couldn't, I didn't know her numbers at home. Mm-hmm. Um, so I had to take her in and I'm just, a mother's intuition is you can never fault it really. I went in every time and every time they told me, no, her numbers are low. Um, and it just showed me how compromised she is and how compromised she will be for some time to come. Yeah. Yeah. And that was eye opening. Yeah. You know, I I had to say no to family who was sick and had been well for three days. I said, no, please come back and see us in a week. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, th- those things. You don't think that it's going to be very hard to do that. But when you've got a new baby that your family wants to spend time with, because we didn't live in the same same cities same regions, it was really hard to have to put my foot down with that. Mm-hmm. And especially with her father's family that just lived down the road um they all had kids kids that were in kindy and childcare, and and nothing against kindy and childcare, but we know that that's just bug city there yeah. um that I found that probably harder 
to navigate than I did anything else as she got older. Hmm. How has she been now as like a toddler? Obviously they go through stages. Yeah, she has been really, really good. So she's three and a half and we've had about 12 months without her being unwell, Hmm. um, which is amazing. And so um, a huge step for Navy and for myself was popping her into kindy. So she's been at kindy for a term now. Um, she might have brought COVID home. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Don't they always, though? <laughs> oh, my gosh. But um, But she's been really good, really good. She's just her resilience and how she adapts to to how her body is feeling um it's incredible you know she knows when it it hurts to breathe and and she can come and tell me that she you know if I pick her up from kindy and she's not feeling well she says mum I think I'm getting sick and sure enough she's getting sick Mm. Um, just her intuition and how in tune she is with her body is amazing at this point as well you know she's three and a half so I feel like at this point she's probably been out in the world long enough that she does yep. have like a bits of immunity as well you know mm-hmm. she's she's built herself up and she knows yep. what she can handle and what she can't handle and you you as well I suppose absolutely and that's the the coolest thing as well you know is I've always been so open with her and especially over the last sort of six months I've really noticed the maturity in a three-year-old if if those words can be put into the same <laughs> sentence um, you know, she was looking through photos one day in a, actually, no, sorry, we went to visit a great uncle of mine who was in hospital and he was on a ventilator and um, I had taken Navy with me and I said to her, she said, what's that on Uncle Graham's face? I said, that's a ventilator and I explained to her how it worked and I said, you know how mummy talks about you being in hospital when you were a baby? She said, yeah. I said, well, that's what helped you breathe when you were born. And so now if she sees a photo or she's talking to someone about something, she'll say, I was a brave baby and I had a ventilator that helped me breathe. And she really takes it all on board and she's so proud of it. Yeah, I love that. Mine yeah. don't understand anything. They're like a month older than Navy. And I'm oh. like, you were in the hospital when you were a baby. And they're like, no, I'm a big boy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But but then back then, <laughs> uh, I I know I know that that's probably going to be my Eastern, even though he doesn't have a story to tell like this. <laughs> how was it having? Obviously, you've had two babies since Navy. How was it having babies that weren't taken away from you? When I was pregnant with Eastern, I had a huge fear around that, and I. I didn't, um, I wasn't suffering from anxiety, but I could say you sort of felt a bit anxious about the thought of having to go through that again. Yeah. Um, but I had a different midwife, but she was just as amazing as the first. Um, and any time I wasn't sure about something, she was right in there having me checked or reassuring me. Um, going on to have Easton, he came at 20 minutes past his due date <laughs> and, um he was I didn't even make it out of the assessment room and into my delivery room he was very fast um but it's undescribable really having 
a baby put on my chest and having him there for well over an hour. Um, it was kind of surreal, I guess, you know, mm -hmm. I needed to go below. I needed to get up and do all you needed to do after you give birth, you know, in those first couple of hours. And I just didn't want to move. Yeah. It, um, it was quite beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, it's a, I don't really know how to explain the feeling of getting to keep your baby. Yeah. Like, I know obviously we all get to keep our baby. Like they, for the lucky ones, they get to come home with us, but to have them like with you the whole time, it's just, it's like bizarre. It's very, it's, it's, you're right. It's indescribable. It's, um, it's empowering. It's confusing. It's almost thrilling and it's nerve wracking all at the same time. It's yeah, just yeah. so much emotion surrounding that child being born and staying with you, even in the same room as you mm. into the night or waking up in the morning. It's, yeah, it's, it's incredible. I remember with Angus, so he's our, our full term singleton. I remember he was born at quarter to five in the morning and it got to like 3 p.m. that afternoon. I was like, oh my God, I haven't changed his nappy or fed him. <laughs> like since this one, no one had told me to do it. Bizarre. I, I like forgot that I was the one that got to make the decision <laughs> yeah yeah it is so and and it's kind of um it takes you back I guess because you know we were pumping every three hours we were up and up to our alarms in the middle of the night to get back onto our breast pump which was attached to a wall and and whatnot and you almost feel so zombie-like in that process that you know when it is up to you and and you're responsible for doing that with your non Niku baby it's um it's confusing yeah and I you don't know about you but I would have rather have been Angus was a shit sleeper from the beginning I would rather have been up with him all night than waking up three hour later friggin pump yeah absolutely I couldn't agree more <laughs> yeah and <laughs> How is Navy with her two little brothers? Does she dote on them? Yeah, she absolutely loves them, but she's, God, she's rough and God, she's sassy. <laughs> I, I am not have another Navy. <laughs> we'll take Angus, like, to, when I drop the twins off at daycare, we'll take Angus and he always goes out and tries to climb up the slide. And yeah. all the other kids are like waiting to go down the slide and they're like, watch out of the way, baby. And watch out, Angus. The twins just go like, nah, he's all right. And they like go slamming down the slide into him. Angus just like bowls over and then he's like, oh no, nah, all good. Off to do yeah. something else. Yeah. <laughs> Easton's a bit the same like that, actually. I got to kindy the other day and they said, oh, Easton had a bit of a fall off one of our climbing cubes. and But he's all right and, and whatnot. And um. And I said to turn around, I said to them, I said, that kid has fallen off so much and tripped over so much, been pushed and shoved. I said, he doesn't care. Boys <laughs> are just built different, eh? Yeah. But Navy, <laughs> absolutely fantastic. Um, She took a little bit of adjusting more once we got back into the swing of things with um when we had Bodhi, we had him in the school kindy holidays. Um and it was a rough August was a rough month really. Um so I went into labor on a Friday. I had Bodhi on a Saturday morning. The kids were staying with family. Um 
Sunday morning, Matt had to leave maternity to go and pick Navy up um, and take her to A&E because oh she um, And then my mum was away for the weekend, so she came home and she stayed with Navy in hospital overnight on Sunday night, and we were both discharged on the Monday morning. She went back home to the farm with my mum. We came home here with Bodie, and then we got COVID. Oh. So they another week away from us. And then they started back at kindy the following week when they were all better. So Navy really struggled with, with I guess, the homecoming of Bodie, which I don't blame her because I think we actually all did because it was very all over the place. Yeah. But once they settled on back down, we got back into routine um, because Navy especially is just thrives on routine. Um you know, they all settled really, really well. They um, absolutely love each other. And, um, yeah, it's quite cool. It's, you know, I never thought I would be a mum of three kids, mm. let alone, um, you know, having had a split family with Navy and Easton's father. Um, I was very, I still feel like the luckiest girl in the world having met met when I did you know I was not even a month out month shy out of a, an abusive relationship and um he came into my life and the kids lives and he's just picked up his dad role right from the beginning and then we found out we were pregnant and I was never expecting to have any more kids I thought that was me done and um Bodie's just been the last piece that we were missing and and beautiful for Matt too because it's his first child and he's got his little boy and um everyone is just all absolutely thriving it's Good. it's beautiful yeah I'm so glad to hear that you guys are all doing so well yeah yeah no it's it's incredible what life can throw at you and you know after what myself and and Navy and Easton have been through it's um it's nice to know that you know you might be down going through the thick of it whether that's your Niku journey or you know a certain journey and your stage or stage of life with your family um that things do always get better and the saying the grass is always greener is well and truly true um no, I never thought I would be here in a, a beautiful home with three healthy kids and a fiance. You know, mm. I never thought there ago. Yeah, and in the scheme of things, they like that. That shit's always just a blip. Yeah, and absolutely. when you're in the thick of it, it's horrific and yeah. it's awful and it takes forever. But then you look back and you're like, oh my god, that was like nothing in the scheme of yeah. things. And it's good too because you sit there and and you're right, it's just a blip. It's just a like, oh, it happens, sweet, move on. But it builds so much of you as a person that you don't realise but, you know, now that we've all settled down and and we're getting on with life, um, the the strength, the resilience, the emotional capabilities that, you know, you built on and, and... felt and went through during that Niku journey is paying off in so many different ways from the character that walked out those Niku doors when you yeah. took your yeah yeah 100% for you and yeah. for Navy yep absolutely yeah well, thank you so much for for sharing your journey and sharing your stories it was so lovely talking to you and I'm so glad that oh, my cat's so glad that you guys are all doing well
Yeah, no, thank you so much for having us. Um, it's been it's been really cool. Like it's it's emotional always to review this kind of stuff, but it, it is so cool to, I guess, tell our story for anyone else who might need to hear it, who might find themselves in a similar situation. So I think yeah. that's really awesome. Yeah. Hopefully no one else gets um life flighted like six hours after birth and goes through all this shit. <laughs> but if they do, they can uh, listen yeah. to your story and know that they're going to be okay. <laughs> Absolutely. Everything will be okay in the end. So that was Sam's story with her daughter, Navy. Obviously a very scary time for them. Um, yeah, having your baby life flighted three hours away from you when you've barely get, got to meet them is pretty horrific. But they've made it through it and Navy's doing really well and Sam's doing really well and her she's got this beautiful home and a beautiful family. So I'm really glad that they came out of that on the other side plus everything that else that was happening in their personal life so yeah super lovely to talk to Sam um and yeah I hope that no one else has to have their baby has to have a thoracotomy at three days old but if you do listen along um and know that you can come out the other side too and you can be fine so fingers crossed but yes um I hope you guys enjoyed and we will chat again soon bye